listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. God. Y'all doing okay? How many of you like gifts? I'm about to start throwing them out. About to start throwing them out. Catch. I got two books. I need two people. Two books. Two people. Come on, come on, come on. Run, 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 run. One, two. Very good. Praise God. If you didn't get it, there's a table out there. Please feel free to go and um, check out Adora Hope's table. Uh, real quick, we've got a conference coming up. Ladies, all you ladies, shout yes! Woo! June 3rd and also uh, the weekend of October 13th. This is a powerful time, and this year's theme is um, make room for more. Making room for more. So praise God for that. I just want to give honor where honor is due, and I'm telling you, my pastors, pastors Philip and Kelly, are awesome, awesome pastors, and I could not have um, asked for a better home church and a better church family. I love my church, and uh, I just want to thank God for Pastor Robert and Aminga Maxi for their vision and their heart and for what God's doing, and uh, we're just in a really good place. Um, we're just thriving, and we're just excited to be here, and you know, every time I get behind this pulpit, it's, it's an honor, and it's not something that I take lightly. Um, I was praying about what to share and running out of time (laughs) to turn in my notes. And I had a nine page sermon and God said, get rid of it. And I said, God, spent hours on that. And God said, get rid of it. And so I started over and had about an eight page sermon and God said, no. And finally I said, well, God, what is it that you want to talk about tonight? You know, what is it? At least give me the title of the message And, uh, you know, the Bible refers to us as many, many things. Um, He he says, you know, he refers to us as sheep, as eagles, as soldiers in the army of God, as children. And another thing that he calls us is runners in a race. And as you can see, this beautiful finish line that they, I mean, we are runners in a race. But what God showed me was that many of us were running wounded. We were running weighed down, tangled up, tied up, messed up, jacked up, but we've got a race to run. And so when I was asking God, what is the title of this message? I heard the Holy Spirit say, Code Red. And I'm like, Code Red? I've heard of that before, but I didn't exactly know what it meant. So I looked up the definition of Code Red, and it says, It's used to indicate that a difficult or dangerous situation has deteriorated drastically so as to constitute an emergency. 
Doctors often use the term as slang for a cardiopulmonary arrest happening to a patient in a hospital or clinic, requiring a team of providers, sometimes called a code team, to rush to the specific location and begin immediate resuscitative efforts. Code red. God sent me here tonight because he has declared a state of emergency. In Galatians, this is going to be our foundational scripture, chapter 5, verses 7 through 10 in the Living Bible. It says, you were getting along so well. In another translation, it says, you were running well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God who's done it, for he is the one who's called you to freedom in Christ. But it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. I'm going to ask you three questions tonight. Question number one, who's interfered? Proverbs 4 and 23 New Living Translation says, To guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We're trying to reach a finish line, church. We don't have time to get distracted. We don't have time to take detours that the Holy Spirit never intended us to take. We've got to stay focused. There's a race to run. God wants me to talk to you about five heart conditions tonight. The first one, and these are real heart conditions, but he has given me a spiritual meaning behind each one. The first one is congenital heart defects. These are present at birth. Like a hole in the heart. Have you ever heard of a baby being born with a hole in its heart? These are Christians who were born into brokenness and rejection. Maybe you're here today and you grew up in a home where domestic violence was the norm. And now you're trying really hard not to repeat the same acts that you saw. If you're a woman, maybe you're trying real hard to not be with that abusive guy again. If you're a guy and you saw your dad mistreat your mom, maybe you're trying real hard to control your anger so that you don't repeat that same cycle. Maybe you grew up in a home where one or both of your parents were addicted. That's a cycle. You know, is dad going to show up tonight? And if he does, what kind of mood is he going to be in? Is there going to be any food in the house? Growing up in poverty, got to wear your, you know, your brother's shoes, but they're two sizes too small. Or neglect, you know, physical neglect, being left alone as a child, or emotional neglect. So we grow up trying to fill that hole in our heart with all sorts of things, right? Second heart condition is heart valve disorders, This blocks the blood and oxygen flow to the heart. And this represents Christians who are trying to run with sin in their lives. So you're trying to run a race for Jesus, but you got that one hang up that just seems to trip you up and cause you to fall. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the righteous falls seven times, but he gets back up. In Isaiah 54, 6, New Living Translation, it says, We're all infected and impure with sin. 
When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 33, 6 in the NIV. It says, nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Second question, what is your it that you need God to heal? Third heart condition, cardiomyopathy. This is a weakened or abnormal heart muscle and function. And this represents Christians who are trying to run the race in their own strength. The reason that we try to run in our own strength sometimes is because we just cannot wrap our mind around the fact that God can love us unconditionally. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. He just loves us unconditionally. And because of that, we try so hard to be perfect. You know, we, we come to church with a mask on our face, or we dress a certain way. But you know what Jesus told the religious folk that looked like they had it all together on the outside? That on the inside, they were like dead men's bones. We do not have to run in our own strength. We have a co-laborer, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that enables us to run this race and to run it free. Hebrews 12, 1 and 12, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses, crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, our faith has got to be in Jesus. It cannot be in ourselves because we'll trip up every time and God will let us because we've got to learn that we've got to be totally, look, I need him every day. I need him every day. I need him more today than I've ever needed him before in my life. You've come too far. He's brought you too far. You have too much to lose. Jesus. The fourth one is heart infections. These are Christians running with untreated wounds caused by words, offenses, and bitterness. And this is the example that God gave me. We all know the game of soccer, okay? So we're the goalie, okay? And the goal is our heart. And we've got to guard it. We cannot let the ball get in. Well, the ball represents every trick, every deceit, every ploy of the enemy. It represents sin. 
And the opposite opponent is the enemy, your adversary, okay? And he's trying to do whatever he can to get bad things through and into your heart through words, right? He tries to offend you. He tries to trip you up with unforgiveness. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care who you are. We all get tripped up. We all go through times where some stuff gets into our heart and it causes us, it causes us to lose focus. It causes us to sometimes even to run in the wrong direction. We've got to guard our heart, but I don't care who you are. We all get tangled up. In Hebrews twelve fifteen, it says, look after each other. So that none of you fall, falls to, re, sorry, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Look after each other. Okay? Sometimes we got to watch who we're hanging around and sometimes we got to watch out for our brother. But you can pretty much tell when you decide. What direction are they running in? Okay, what direction are they running in? In um, Job 6.4, Job said this. He said, their poison infects my spirit. Isaiah 1.6, New Living Translation, it says, you're battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts, and infected wounds, without any soothing ointment or bandages. Here's the thing. The thing is, is that you can run, you can live with all of these heart issues, but the quality of life will not be what Jesus died to give you. You've got to deal with it, okay? Now, Paul said this in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What was Paul talking about here? Let's think about it for a minute. Because we've heard that scripture so many times, we could just let it go over our head, right? But you're talking about a man who had to let go of his past. Every memory of murder every sound of his victims children crying out for mercy every look on their face he had to let go of being stoned and left for dead suffering shipwreck being arrested and thrown into jail he had a lot of things that he could have held on to bitterness he could have He could have held on to unforgiveness. But he is a great example for us to look to when he says, forgetting those things which are behind. We've got to press, church. We cannot afford to hold on to that stuff. So you can live with all that, right? But there's one thing that will stop you in your tracks, and that's a heart attack. Heart failure, and this represents Christians who are running with a broken heart. 
I don't know who's sitting here with a broken heart, but every one of us at some time in our lives has had a broken heart. Whether you've been through a divorce, whether there's a cry in your soul because your kids aren't living for Jesus, if you've suffered any kind of loss, a home, a job, if you've had health issues, surgery, or the death of a loved one. God told me to share my testimony, and I, I at first thought he was just he was talking about my testimony of how he saved me from a 12-year crack addiction and being in the prison system in and out of jail from the age of 18 to the age of 26 and all of that. And, and he said, no, I want you to share the last two years of your life. My son Ricky got saved here in this church. Only time I've ever seen him come to the altar. Easter of 2014. And I had a code red in my life. It began on November the 1st. My son did not show up to our 5K run for hope for the ministry, and we knew something was wrong. And so his dad went to go check on him, and when he found him, he had slit his wrist. He had relapsed on meth. He was shooting up. Um, He was suicidal. And for four hours, he tried to calm him down, but he was in such a state of psychosis. He said, Kristen, we're on our way. I knew within five minutes we had to get him to the ER. I have never, look, done crack, hallucinated, been there, done that, but I have never in my life seen anyone in such a state of psychosis. He had completely lost touch with reality and was believing things, and he, and he it, I, I won't even go into details, but we got him to the ER, and after about four hours, they released him, and the next day was a Sunday. On November 2nd, we had communion. And uh, he was at sleep at home, and his dad was watching him, and I was here, and we had communion. And, and there was something wrong with God. He was, um, it's like God did this to me. I, I can't really explain it, and I know that that isn't what he did, but that's what it felt like. And so then I'm starting to like, oh, my God, I'm about to take communion. Lord, what? Okay, did I do something wrong? Okay, God, is there something in my heart that I need to repent of? And so I'm I'm having this conversation with God because I don't want to take communion and not have a a right heart, and and God didn't say anything. And when I got home, Ricky had already gotten up and had went back to his place to shower, and he was going to come back for dinner. And uh, he came back for dinner. I had made chili that night. No, it was stew, actually. And he said, Mom, I'm going to tell you something that I've never told you before. He said, I was molested when I was a kid. And you say, doesn't that dishonor his memory? 
God said obedience. He wants me to be obedient, and there is nothing to be ashamed of because I know that one out of six girls and one out of four boys have been molested, and there are people sitting in this room that need to hear this message. There is no shame. Jesus wants to heal you and set you free. And in that moment, all the years of training that I had been through went out the door because it's my kid. And I said, Ricky, I'm I'm sorry, son. I love you. I'm so sorry. And he shut down. He said, Mom, I just want you to know I forgive you for everything. And I just hugged him. You know, he, he was this big muscular kid, but he was a teddy bear on the inside, and he was a mama's boy, so, and I just hugged him, and uh, we thought everything was okay, you know, he was not in psychosis, uh, and now it's Monday, and I did not realize that I had less than 24 hours left, and I would never see my son again, and if you will, roll, roll the tape. No one, where's your emergency? My son committed suicide. My husband just called me. Please. What's the address? The What's the address? Oh, God. 7450 Pecan Grove Drive, 7th Street. I'm on my way. Yes, ma'am. Do you know, do you know what happened? Yes, ma'am. You said that's 7450 Pecan Drive? Yes, God. How old is he? Jesus. How old is he? He's 29. Oh. All right, ma'am. We'll, we'll have him out there. Oh, this is my husband calling. Can I hold him? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Talk to him. I've got 911 on the other line. Honey, where are you? Rick. We all get tangled up sometimes. This was my son. This was my son. I would never see. I'm not even close. I've got a little ways to go. I'm sorry, y'all. But I, I would never see his smile again. I would never hear his voice. I would never. I still remember the last hug he gave me. And. During that time, you know, I went through this period where it was like, you know, God, I I don't, I don't understand, God, I don't, I don't understand. I'm your child. Where were your angels? We prayed. We found, what happened? What happened? What good could possibly come from? 
from this, God? How do you get glory out of this, God? And in case you're wondering what these are, these are grave clothes. And I went through pain that I I didn't even realize a human being could experience that kind of pain and live through it. And all along, I could hear Satan in the back of my mind because it was like, how can you help anybody? You couldn't even help your own son. That's what the enemy does, right? Eight months later, after 30 years of marriage, I went through a divorce. Any one of these two things would have been hard enough. But to go through both within a year, I thought I would lose my mind. And then that spirit of suicide started coming at me. I was talking to my friend Shauna, and we were talking about PTSD. See, some of us are running with PTSD. And it made me think of this movie, The Impossible, about the tsunami. And this mother and this son, after the tsunami hit, they were trying to get to a place of safety, and the mother was limping, and the son said, Mom. And he was looking at her leg, and she looks down, and her leg is laid wide open. She didn't know it because she was in shock. And God showed me that sometimes, you know, that shock is to protect us. But we're running sometimes with PTSD. And this is real. And God wants us free. And then I went through this thing. This identity crisis. I went through an identity crisis, Pastor. Because if I wasn't Ricky's mom, and I wasn't a wife, and I wasn't a homeowner anymore, I wasn't any of these things, then who am I? And God had to show me. But this chair right here is my prayer chair. I've wept many a tears on this chair. And I couldn't pray. I don't know if you've ever been there. But I couldn't pray. But the only thing I could get out was, I know you love me, Jesus. I know you love me. And that's all I could pray. Now these three remain. Faith hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When all else fails, his love never fails.
And he began to remind me. See, sometimes we just need to be reminded. Because who we are is eternal. It's deeper than those things. Those are temporary. Who am I? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus is heir, and I am joint heirs with him. He is seated in heaven at a place of honor, and I am seated in heavenly places with him. You know who I am? I'm a sheep that hears his voice. And another voice I will not follow. I am an earthen vessel that he has put his power and his anointing and his spirit in so that the demonstration of the power may be of God and not me. You know who I am? I'm that eagle that soars. I'm that eagle that soars, that runner in a race. Sometimes we just need to be reminded Now, this is the most important part. This is the meat of tonight's message, and this is what God showed me. The Father wants you to know his heart. His heart is love. That's who God is. He so loved the world that he gave His only begotten son. He declared a code red from the foundation of the world. And he put a plan in place and set it into motion from the very beginning. Why? Why did he do that? Because he knew that Peter and Paul and Mary and Martha. He knew the woman at the well. He knew the woman caught in adultery. And he knew that you and me would need Jesus to go to that cross and shed his blood so that we could live free. I'm going to read this through, and I hope I'm good on time. But this is the plan. Isaiah 53 from the message. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered and knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. He took the pun. Oh, sorry. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on Him. On Him. He was beaten, 
He was tortured. He didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was let off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan, say code red, the plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin, that he could see life come from it, life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that horrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones. That's us. As he himself carries the burden of their sins, therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly. The best of everything, the highest honors, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch. Because he embraced the company of the lowest, he took on his own shoulders the sin of many. He took up the cause of the black sheep. The father's heart was love from the beginning. Jesus finished his race on that cross. He's passed the baton to you and he's counting on you to advance the kingdom, to finish the race. Third question, what are you going to do with it? Y'all can go ahead and start. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if any of those heart conditions apply to you. Some of us need to let some things go. Some of us need to repent and make things right with God. Some of us need to forgive some people. But we cannot run this race tied up, tangled up. Jesus is here to set you free. Will you stand to your feet all over this room? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.